Hey, Float Magic fans, thanks for tuning in today. Um, I'm going to take a little liberty in this podcast to talk about my Idaho roots. Um, it's kind of fascinating. When I opened this center, I had a lot of people who didn't know me um, who just assumed I was bringing it from some other place, um, some bigger rural city that maybe is used to these these types of centers. Um, and I was always proud to share with them, hey, no, I am five generations strong uh, Idahoan. I grew up in Idaho. I grew up over in eastern Idaho. Um, I've lived the last 10, going on 11 years here in the Magic Valley. Um, it's, I have family that farmed over in the Mackey area, uh, over in Burley, and then over in uh, Shelley and Ryrie area. Uh, it's, we go back a long ways. And, and there's a lot of values that I've, I feel that I've brought through that experience of just living in Idaho and having this deep appreciation for what the state has done for me and my family for five generations, going on six generations, um, which a little later on in the podcast, we're going to have a sixth generation in my family, Idahoan, which will be my son, my oldest son. So anyway, I, yes, going back, I grew up in eastern Idaho. I was the oldest of four siblings. I had three younger brothers um, and I had all boy cousins but one. So I was rough and tumbling with the best of them growing up. Um, I think it's no accident I had four boys. I was pretty well equipped to raise boys and understand men and boys quite a quite a bit better than even um, I do girls because I just didn't get raised around them. Um, and so anyway, re- I I was very fortunate. I grew up very close with my grandparents, um, lived not too far from my mother's parents. And then my father's parents just lived out in the country, just a few miles from us, about four miles from us. Um, and so had access to them all the time, which allowed me to really capture that generation of work ethic and mindset. Um, it was great. One of my grandpas was a stalwart Democrat, and my other grandpa was uh, deep into conservatism and Republican. And um, but yet they both had this beautiful way about them where they could sit down and converse um, with members of the opposite party here people who had differing views from them and and have these beautiful conversations. Um, and and I remember sitting at the knees of both of my grandpas um, and having very different conversations about the political environment from their points of view in, in each of their respective um, parties. And so that that stuck with me. That um, I think most people in in my vicinity and in the community think they've pinned um, what what political beliefs I have, and and they might find that they're accurate. They might find that they're not. <laughs> but uh, a lot of times people think, oh yeah, for sure we we know how Shawnee's belief system is. But I I'm so open minded because of the way that I was raised and, and realized that I can always, always change my mind. Um, 
And that's a very beautiful thing to be able to be presented with a different thought process and be able to think it, um, not identify with it one way or the other and really use it to, to help me learn and grow and expand how I feel about things. So back to my grandpas, I had uh, one grandpa grew up as a farmer. He uh, grew up in Mackey. He, his family was dairymen. And um, and and his dad did a lot of other work as well. His dad used to move houses on the side, and he actually um, lost his father in a house moving accident when he touched an electrical wire that was live that was supposed to be turned off. He was moving the wire to let the house go under it so that it wouldn't um, pull the whole line down and the power pulls down. And somehow that portion of the move didn't get um, didn't get shut off. And so we actually lost great-great-grandpa powers to um, an electrical accident when my grandpa was very young. And so... Um, Grandpa grew up, his oldest brother was actually off to medical school and came back to run the family farm and very hard times. That was during the Depression. Um, there was a lot of hard stories that came from my grandparents through the Depression. Uh, both of them lived uh, hard lives because of the things that happened. Life was different back then. Life was harsher back then. It was a lot harder to... Um, survive truly and it was really hard to survive when when you were fatherless or parentless um which my other grandpa also was and I'll share his story here in a minute but anyway grandpa grew up um in that area and he he was had a dairy cows they were the local dairy dairymen they had a a cow that was named, or a horse that was named Betsy, that knew exactly where to stop for to drop off milk. Um, I remember him telling me those stories growing up. But, but it was really great to just um, witness what what the agricultural feel was like and have that in in such a strong representation on in my grandpa Powers, Grandpa Charlie's side of the family. Um, he went from that to sheep, um, which my Uncle John was was always involved in the um, sheep festival over in Sun Valley and was part of the parades and herding the, the trailing of the sheep. Um, and that was a great childhood memory for me. We always had, had baby goats and baby sheep that we were bottle feeding. Um, and that was that was a great introduction to animals and and caretaking they were our pets <laughs> truly and so then he went on to be a state potato inspector so from agriculture all the way to the state level of inspecting but we always had the best potatoes growing up because he'd go he'd go to these potato plants and visit everybody and and check out their potatoes make sure that they were following all the guidelines and and making sure those potatoes were of quality so we could maintain our Idaho pride of our potatoes. And we'd always have the best potatoes growing up. Like, I'd, I'd have the boxes of 80s. I think those were my 
favorite 70s were a little bigger than that. Um, for those of you who don't know how potatoes are measured in boxes, this, the higher the number, the smaller the potato because it's counting um, how many of those potatoes are in the box. So 100s were 100 count, so you'd get a smaller potato. And when I'd see those at Thanksgiving dinner, I was always frustrated because I'd have to peel a lot more potatoes to get uh, the amount of uh, mashed potatoes my mom was after versus the 70s or 80s, which we had to peel fewer potatoes even because they were quite a bit bigger so anyway but all all growing up we had access to that even in college I had some my grandpa and grandma when they'd come visit me would bring me a box of Idaho potatoes and so I was very popular because <laughs> we always had something to eat at the house even though we were broke and going to school so that was a wonderful wonderful memory and then my other grandpa um he was a foreman for union pacific a lead foreman he worked for them since the time he was 16 years old and um so he had the ins and outs of the railroad industry and uh, just right there in his head and he'd talk about it he was on the road a lot when his children were growing up by the time I was um, spending a lot of time with my grandparents he was retired and would love to share the stories of, of his time at the railroad and one of those stories um, that I remember really stuck in my mind was the flood of the Teton Dam when the Teton Dam broke and this was in the summer of 1976. I believe it was June. I want to say it was June 6th. I could have my dates wrong. Um, but it was right in that first week of June that that dam broke. And he, um, being the position he was in with Union Pacific, had to go up in a helicopter and, and assess all the damage that, that the flood had caused to their bridges for the railway system because those railroads um, those trains were coming whether there was a flood or not and so they had to give all of those engineers enough notice that those bridges were out and so he went up in that helicopter right as the flood was actually still happening as it was still coming down the valley and he remembers recounting um, how there was you know livestock that was just riding the waves of the flood. He could see cows and sheep and horses. Um, we were so fortunate that nobody lost their life during during that flood. Um, but he'd also see people that were getting to higher ground, um, people on top of mountains or on top of their houses, you know, to, to be out of harm's way. And he he just said it was so surreal to to see all of that and, and to go around and, and assess uh, the damage that was happening. And and that was a pretty vivid story for me um, growing up. And so, and this was also a grandpa that uh, was, he was an orphan growing up. And so his stories of the orphanage were just heart-wrenching. And I think I've shared some of those in other podcasts. And I'd really like to get him on a podcast because he's still alive. He is um, going to be 94 and just as wit and spry as could be and loves to tell stories. Maybe, maybe if I can 
talk him into it. You guys will get the privilege and the honor of listening to his stories firsthand. But, but the reason why I just wanted to touch base on on those Idaho roots is is because I really feel like as our state is going through transition, as we're watching growth come in, as we're um, watching things change, as we're watching new businesses come to light, um, know there's wellness centers, there's more of them popping up here in Twin Falls, which I'm excited about to see the wellness industry really expanding and people wanting to invest in it to bring these therapies to the hands of the people in our communities, understanding um, where we came from and what what was protected in this state and what was hard fought and um, sought after in in the roots of, of Idaho uh, really are important to me. Um, the values, our, our history of agriculture, um, our, our mining industry, uh, there's our timber industry. Timber is one of our um, highest GDPs or had been for many years when you get back up in northern Idaho. And and that's something my dad did all growing up. We were out in an island park constantly logging for trees. Those were wonderful memories for me as well. But all those roots and, and all that experience that my family was so willing to pass along and talk about really has added to the gratitude that I have for being raised in such a fantastic state in such a beautiful state. Um, there's so many benefits to being in this area. There's so many mental health benefits. Um, even though we live in this, you know, this, they call it the suicide belt with our harsh, harsh winters, we have access to get outside. We have access to, to beautiful views and valleys and mountains and activities um, that some people don't ever get in their lifetime. And so I want to just encourage my viewership to, especially this winter, as, as things start to turn cold, as we start to hunker down inside, get outside, stay in nature, even through the cold portions of it. Um, really take in what the state has to offer. We have snowshoeing, we have skiing, people snowmobile. You can, you can just go walk. Um, in along the roads in in the snow and in the cold um up in the hills the south hills up through sun valley it's such a remarkable beautiful and serene scene that we get access to um very very grateful for the mindsets that my family passed along for that very open um mindset of just listening to where people are at hearing their point of views uh allowing it to expand my own it's really served me well in in my business and, and in life in general so hope that you've enjoyed just getting a little bit of taste of of what what i got to experience growing up and a little bit of my root system um and and we'll have a branch show up here before too long my son will be on and, and share a little bit about his experience growing up too and watching his mom build a business so thanks for tuning in
So I'm super excited to add to my podcast today my own son, Brayden. Thanks for having me, Mom. Yeah. So this is my oldest son, um, Brayden Stosich. He's in town this week. He's he's visiting from over in the Bend area. So I thought, hey, and I was recording today and thought, since I'm talking about being raised in Idaho and all my generations, five generations strong. Yeah. You're the sixth generation, sixth generation. Yep, of Idahoans that we just pull you on and, and let you talk a little bit about what you've loved about Idaho and growing up Okay. in, in eastern oh, Idaho wonderful. and here in Twin. Yeah. yeah. Well, I can say it's a, I'm very lucky to have been raised in Idaho. It's a beautiful place and people here are very kind and they're heartfelt. They care about their neighbor. Um, part of the... My favorite part about growing up in Idaho when I was younger was we just lived really close to your parents and grandma. And we were all around cousins and family. And so we had the opportunity to play in the mud and like ride four wheelers and (laughs) build like eight foot tall snowman at grandma's house and (laughs) stuff. And another part I love about it was being able to have the freedom living out in the Riverton area um, just to shoot doves or shoot cans with our 22. It was always really fun ever since I was young. I've loved spending time outdoors, and your grandpa and your dad has helped a lot with that. My dad as well. Yeah. We all all love the outdoors, and so Idaho is a wonderful place for that. There's a reason it's called the Gem State. It's the gem of the Rockies, and there's a lot of hidden things. And just being in southern Idaho, um, you kind of see some of that, but the real gems are like when you drive up north a little bit, or central Idaho. Yeah. And I loved going up. With my dad going up to Chalice, go catch uh, the steelhead. Mm-hmm. That was always fun. Yeah, oh, over through Stanley and Stanley. up through Riggins. Yeah. And yeah. Such a beautiful place. Yeah. Definitely on the map more nowadays. Like people definitely are there in March and stuff. I know. I drove through Stanley in the summer, um, which I hadn't done for a long time. Like yeah. I tend to go up there on shoulder seasons or right. in the wintertime. Um, like Oct- I really love to go up in October. Uh, because it's just a beautiful landscape, but and and the yeah. crowds are gone. But when I went up, I could not believe how many people. Yeah, it's actually Stanley. a lot of people are fighting out about it. Which mm-hmm. some people are bittersweet about it, but I sure. think it's great. Like people need to understand how beautiful the state is, as long as they show the respect that we all show as Idahoans, and hopefully yeah. Yeah. that will transpand transpond to the others. Yep. Oh, I, th- I think so. I think that that's what draws people in is is the beauty of the state and the and you know I'm, our our cost of living drew a lot of people in. Our political environment drew a lot of people <coughs> in. Like it's there's a lot of reasons, but I think bottom line because our winters are harsh, right? Yeah, they can be. Yeah, like remember the winters growing up out in Riverton. Oh, yes. <laughs> Some they were those. pretty crazy. We yeah. had a lot of snow days. We had a lot of like, drifts because we mm-hmm. had the big wide open fields and they would just. Super f- I loved those drifts. Whenever yes. I would go out hunting for them, I'd be like, holy cow, you see that drift? <laughs> like a quarter mile into the field. Yeah. We would go build a hut. Yep. Build, out of it. Yeah. You built a little like igloo type. You yeah, dig into dig it. it. Even at grandpa and grandma's, do you remember that we'd pile up the snow because they had a big. Uh, area that you drive in to get to their shop and their yeah. and their the house the and they, yeah lots of area lots of big huge it wasn't even a driveway it was just gravel um, yeah. and so they'd have people come in and push all that snow up in one big 
hill. <laughs> like it was just a mountain right. of snow. By the time it was January, it's like 40 feet tall. Right. <laughs> and I, even as a little girl, like we would, we'd build like tunnels through, which was so dangerous. Yeah, definitely was. <laughs> you know, I mean, that could have caved in, could have collapsed on us anytime. But here we are just like packing out the snow and, you know, yeah. digging the holes. Well, there's a lot of dangerous activities being done on Grandma and Grandpa's property. There kind of was. Yeah. Especially when you guys were growing up. I don't know so much about us. But. Yeah, we have some <laughs> stories. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah three. Well, you know, when they, in the 80s, when they came out with the three-wheeler. Yeah. Yeah. What? Great idea. Like Honda, <laughs> whoever made that. A lot of injuries. Yeah, let's just put kids on a three-wheel vehicle <laughs> with a whole bunch of power behind yeah. it and see what happens. That was quite an epidemic, wasn't it? Uh, well, a lot we, of people had those. We, there was, yeah, they didn't last i don't even know how long they last on the market and i don't even know. i wonder if people still have them i'm sure that it's a collector's item oh part. i'm sure like i would love to drive one around right yeah. now that would be super i've never fun. seen one in person yeah just in our pictures yep with our we had tubes that we hooked up behind it yeah no. just like grandpa still would do for us yeah it's atv though this time around yeah i can imagine that was pretty crazy in the snow yeah. Well, and then you get all the divots and the dikes out there, right? When the field system. <laughs> and and right. it was like it, just the right amount of snow to where they were still visible. And then you take that tube and you do like cookies on the three wheeler and spin that tube around and those divots, would or those you. dice would just it's send like you flying. It's like a wake on the, on the lake. Exactly. Almost. Exactly. It was like the waves on the lake. But it, yeah, it was good times. So. Yeah, I'm half tempted to drive over there to Blackfoot. I mean, probably not going to make it this time around, but I love just going out there and seeing seeing where we grew up and remembering all the fun things we would do because, I mean, when I was young, we would ride our bikes for miles, like 10, 12, 20 miles up during the day. Mm-hmm. We lived out of town, so we would ride all the way to grandma's yep. or to the movie theater or who knows. Yeah. And it was just, I loved growing up on Blackfoot. It was, it was really fun. It was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And then moving here to Twin, you've you've got to work for me here at the center. I did. Yeah. yeah. What was your favorite part of working here? Oh, it definitely was the interaction with people and seeing how their moods were lifted or how their how their pain was relieved. Mm-hmm. Seeing people's stories. People are always really nice when they come in, especially if they're uh, regular. Mm-hmm. They know what they're here for. They know it's going to be great. Yeah. And um, definitely was also having access to the services. That was one of my favorite parts of yeah. being here. I just used the massage chair in Novathor and for the first time probably in four months. And I feel great. Yeah. yeah. I miss doing it a few times a week. But Well, I know people miss having you here. They really enjoyed you being a yes. part of the center. And I do. I'll have I, people I ask you about you. And I just say, yep, he's, he's over in Bend doing his own thing. Well, so. that's good to know. People think of me because I do think of all of you guys and the customers because Flow Magic's a, a magic place. Mm-hmm. Really pretty, nice. pretty special place with special people all the way around. So definitely, yeah. So, is there anything you want to share about watching your mom go through an entrepreneurship process? Was yeah, that- <laughs> yeah, we can talk about that. That well, if anyone anyone watching doesn't have an entrepreneur in their family, um, <clears throat> some people think. Like if you go on Instagram, it's just fun games. It's all glorified. Like it's an easier route, or it's more fun, which um, can be true in some state, in some cases. Maybe I've witnessed firsthand being the son of my mom. Even growing up, she would do smaller businesses and stuff. But so when she had this initial idea and um, plan to execute this, I was really excited, 
and I knew that you were able to, you were able to, or you were capable to pull this off. And so I was also nervous and just excited because I knew it was going to be a lot of hard work for you. And mm-hmm. it's a dedication for like, you know, maybe the rest of your life, like you're going to have some things to, to worry about or some things to work on. And so <clears throat> I knew there was going to be a challenge, but I knew you were very capable. It was a really exciting moment. When I first moved to Bend, I was, it was right after from working here for like six six or eight months, I believe. I think it was eight months that you were working. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of hard at first because I really missed missed you and the center and just everyone here in the environment. But um, coming back, I really am um, really grateful that it's still thriving and that people love it here. And this wasn't here when I left. That's right. beautiful uh, yeah. space. The Salt Cave and the Plunge were new in the yes. Zen Garden since you were here. Yeah. So there's a lot of new additions and... Yeah. Throughout the next few years, we'll probably have some more cool, exciting things to to release. Yeah, I hope so. There's, oh, I'm always looking. There's a lot. There's no end of cool stuff out there that helps people. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So. And the world's always changing. You never know what. Yeah. What we'll discover. Yes, it's so true with all the discoveries that have come out. Well, yeah. yeah even even as um, on this side of the entrepreneurship, being the mom still having kids I didn't anticipate I knew it would be a lot of work but I didn't anticipate how much time it would take away right. from my kids so the fact that my kids worked here and were part of the vision and part of the dream really helped me feel a lot better about um, bringing it about because they could take part in it and they could witness that not everything is easy Mm-hmm. And and but it can still have so much value, you know. My mom yeah. would always say, "Might not be easy, but it usually is worth it." <laughs> and so, it's, it's easy as you it's not worth it. Right, right. There's there's a lot of value in working hard for something to and believing in something that takes a lot of focus and attention. So definitely, there's power in that, and there's a perfect example of of that in this story. Yeah, uh, this last few years of flow magic, and so. Everyone watching or everyone that's a customer, a regular here, we give our deepest thanks and we love you. Absolutely. We're super, super, super uh, grateful to have you guys. And it makes me really happy when I see other people happy when they leave here. So. Yeah. See, I, I raised a pretty decent human being right here. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I'm pretty That's proud the thing. We're Idaho and class. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Well, it's super fun. I'm so glad you were here so you could yes, tune in me with too. us. And this has been great. I love the Salt Cave. It's I know. Super cool space. Yeah. And yeah. Podcasts that you guys have done are amazing. They're yeah. Great. I love watching them and now i'm on one of them so you're gonna have to tune in for that for sure (laughs) make sure all your friends probably gonna dread the sound of my voice it happens yes i'm the same way but But. you know what's fascinating is other people enjoy my voice and i'm sure and you have a wonderful voice well see i think you have a great voice too so but i've never thought my voice was all that pleasant so it that's that's just kind of how it goes phenomenon i guess we don't like ourselves very much usually and then (laughs) And then other people convince us to. They can hey, see, man, yeah. You're great. Yeah. Come on. When other people can see our, our high qualities and our values, that yes. makes it nice. So, Definitely. yeah. Awesome. Well, we want to appreciate, um, like Braden had said, extend our appreciation for all of you yes. tuning in and supporting us here at Float Magic. Um, we've got a great group of humans that have come through our center that you've got to listen from all of them through the la- latest few podcasts about the last Definitely. four. So, 
we appreciate that you're here for us and tuning in. So just remember, it's perfectly okay to stay salty. Stay salty, my friends.